Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Hey man, welcome to the cafe. Good to be here today. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Today we are getting into God's word as we always do. And we are in the fourth part of a four-part series on the Christian walk, how to live as a Christian. And it's just been beautiful to preach this. I preached this recently uh, to our congregation here in Lincolnton, North Carolina, and I've preached it in different parts here on the radio, and I've been blessed by it. I hope you have as well. By understanding the Christian walk is more than buying a Bible and opening it on Sunday morning. The Christian mark, uh, walk, Christian walk is more uh, than buzzwords and terms and saying, I'm, I'm doing kingdom business. I'm, I'm discipling others. Okay, well, that's great. But what does that mean? And not only what does it mean to you, but what does it mean to God? Amen. See, God has an order and a pattern for everything. And as we study his word, oh, how we see an orderly God. I was in numbers. I've been studying numbers uh, for my morning Bible study. And God had the Israelites take a census uh, by Mount Sinai. And it was counting all the men of war 20 and up or something, whatever it was. And I thought that was pretty interesting. It's kind of similar to um, a census we have today in America or, or even kind of a combined with a draft. And God had that done again later on in Numbers, some chapters later on, uh, when they were in a different place. Uh, and God was saying, look, if you look at this new census and you look at the old census, not one person from the old census besides uh, Caleb and Joshua, not one person is going to go in to the promised land because God had made that uh, vow as they murmured and as they built false gods and as they uh, were very wicked while God was caring for them and loving them and guiding them to the promised land, God made that vow and said, you, y'all aren't going to go in. And guess what happened? They didn't go in. And God said, by the way, I've just did, done a little census before and after, and here you go. Well, what's the point of this? The point is that God's a God of order. Look in your life, the things that God has done for you. Oftentimes they're very orderly. You know, we, we love to see in movies or things where these like surprise extreme events happen. We love to hear stories about that, but more and more so, it's often very orderly. Even if there are extreme events that are happening in one's life, like through a testimony or through your own life, they, they happen in like an order. I was watching a great message by the founder of the Christian Law Association. Uh, I think Embassy Media is the name of the company. It's a great company. They have all these messages on there. And this man was giving a great testimony of his mother, and his mother had been uh, a great woman of God and, and then was injured uh, or had a awful uh, polio type disease and then was in a wheelchair and then wanted to do something for God and fa- faced rejection and then was able, I won't ruin the whole message, but was able to do something for God thereafter and the wheelchair and all of it and her perseverance, it all played a part 
in how she was able to do something for God. And what we see here is God's methodical. And in that testimony, it's so emotional, but, but you get behind the emotion and, and, and the tears that you would, you would cry over this wonderful testimony. You would see a pattern or an order. And that's how the Christian walk is, friend. There's pattern, there's order, there are ideas, there are principles that are being applied to the Christian walk, and I believe the Lord has opened my eyes to see it, and I believe he's opening the eyes of those that listen to this message to see it, and I love the Lord for doing that, amen? And part of the Christian walk here uh, is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We must have faith. And then we say, okay, if we have to have faith, uh, here, uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We realize that our, our mode for developing our faith and honing in on our faith is the Bible. So we study the Bible. Well, what's the whole Bible about? Well, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about salvation for God's people. He's the God of salvation. Amen. So what is salvation? We look at the blood. Amen. We understand the principle of the substitutionary death, the principle of a savior dying for a lost sinner so that the perfect savior that died and was risen again could supply that free gift to the lost sinner to be saved. Amen. And we understand these, these unbelievable, true, uh, poetic, loving principles, that agape love, that sacrificial love that only God can provide. We start understanding them more and more. And now guess what? Our Christian walk becomes better and better, fuller and fuller. Uh, we're able to serve God as he'd have us to serve. We're able to su- sacrifice ourselves as our reasonable service because we understand what that means. And I think that ignorance plagues the modern church. Uh, I was so excited to go to a campground, went to a campground, and it was a Christian campground, and it was a really nice campground, went to a service, and it was 80% singing, and no, 90, 80, 90% singing and just a tiny little bit of preaching. Look, if we don't get the meat of the word, if we are not in the word, if church becomes simply worship and praise and it's not studying the word, then we are going to be anemic Christians. We are going to be starved. We're going to be unhealthy and we're going to be unfruitful. And so we need to get in the word to understand our Christian walk. So we talked about salvation. We understand the need to be in God's word. And then we look at the idea of appropriation. I spent a couple of messages on appropriation, the idea of appropriating our faith, taking our faith, our understanding of what God's calling us to do and using it, putting it to work, putting it into action. And we went through that. And now here, this last message, we're focusing on the best part, amen? And that's our end goal. That's where we're going to be. Heaven, amen? Heaven, That's where we're going soon. We're going to heaven. The believer is going to heaven. I say we, those that have trusted Christ as Savior, they're going to heaven. Their home is heaven. A soul winner knocks on the door and says, do you know where where you'd go if you died tomorrow or if you died today? Do you know where you'd go? Because the soul winner is starting with the end to get to the beginning, right? Heaven is our end. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You know, if you love somebody, you probably think about them, don't you? If you really love somebody, you probably think about them often. And if you love somebody, oftentimes you're thinking of what you could do for them or what their future holds or what aspirations you have for them. Especially if it's a child, amen, you, you think of them, you know, I'll think of my kids, what, they, what professions they might have, or if they may even be in the ministry, or I'll think of my children playing sports, and, you know, I love sports, I think of them winning, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it'll happen, God, hopefully you hear me there, uh, but they'll be winning and victorious, and they'll do well, and be good teammates, and, 
We think of these things. Well, what does God think of us? He thinks peace and not evil toward us, even when we go through trials. And he wants to give us that expected end. And that expected end, friend, as I understand it, is heaven. And heaven is a beautiful place. And it's home to the saved believer. No sinner, uh, no sinner that has not been saved, no, no, I should say, or no unrepentant sinner, right? Because we're all sinners, but we repent of our sins. We say, Lord, we don't want to do these anymore. We believe on what Christ did for us. We get saved. Nobody that is living in sin that has not been saved will go to heaven. They won't be there. Heaven will be full of people that have trusted Jesus Christ truly, 100% trusted Christ as Savior and Lord and believed it and had faith. That's who heaven, that's who will be in heaven. And we're not the judge of that. Christ is the judge of that. He is the judge, amen. So we're saved by him and we're admitted into heaven through him, amen. He's our savior. He judges. And so he rightly divides. He knows the hearts, amen. The Bible speaks of him having eyes like fire, amen, piercing fire. Fire is going to purify. Fire is going to burn through all the muck. And so you won't be able to talk your way into heaven or barter your way into heaven. It's already been done at that point. That's why it's so important to be saved. I met a man yesterday that had a horrible experience, a diabetic coma. He had uh, um, all kinds of, uh, he got COVID in the hospital. He had uh, hypothermia because he had that coma when he was living alone with the door open on the coldest day of the year. It was a awful story. And he told me, he said, I've been going to church more now uh, because you never know when the end is going to be. And you could tell that, I mean, he literally knocked on death's door and it wasn't pretty. He didn't have any real pretty experiences when he was in that coma. He said it was all black. It was all black. Okay, well, that would motivate me to go to church more too, amen. But we shouldn't need to get into a coma and hypothermia and hospital-induced uh, COVID. We don't need to do all that. We can just go ahead on our own account, get into the Holy Word and get into his place, his house, and praise his name, amen. Because heaven is the home of the saved believer. And it is great to be in heaven one day, yet here we are on earth. And so we need to keep the in, a heavenly mind about us. And of course, you've probably heard this. We don't want to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. I agree with that. But often it's the opposite, isn't it? Those that are out there working for the Lord, serving the Lord, often they're not heavenly minded. They're, they're caught up in the trials and tribulations of each and every day. And so for a lot of us, we need to be a little more heavenly minded. We need to realize some traits or some principles about heaven. And that helps with our Christian walk here today. To understand where we're going helps us today. Amen. I'm better at work on a, on a work day if I know, hey, I got a vacation coming up and I'm looking forward to it, especially if the kids are going to be there. there. Maybe there's a water slide or something. The kids will be playing in the water slide. And you know me, I'll be, I have some coffee, a little bit of food. That'd be great. I might be a little bit better today if I can think about something fun tomorrow. And God's saying, take that principle and double it times a hundred million trillion. You'll be a little bit better today when you realize that you're going to paradise. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe, but maybe not tomorrow, but real soon. Amen. You'd be a little bit better today knowing you're tomorrow. Amen. We already have a place there. One of the big principles I've been learning about these last few years in the ministry is the idea that, that our names already written in the Lamb's book of life, that we're already um, have a place in heaven that the Lord went to prepare a, a, a mansion for us. Amen. Uh, that it's already done. So what Christ did on the cross is already done. If we've been saved, 
That's already done. And if we've been saved, we know we get that Holy Spirit of promise living within us and that we'll be there till the day of redemption when we'll go to the Bema seat. Amen. We'll be with the Lord and we'll get um, rewards for any good deed that we did uh, out of the working of the Holy Spirit, out of what we did, out of a love for God and not for ourselves. We'll be rewarded. So we're going to have rewards in heaven. Uh, our name's already in the Lamb's Book of Life. We are secure in heaven. Our place is secure in heaven. We are just pilgrims passing through. We are just sojourners here. We're not here forever. We are just here for a season. And so understand your place is already there. I think that that really helps a lot to understand, hey, I already have a place in heaven. And number, number two, understand that your place is secure, that we have eternal security in Christ Jesus. Once born again, always born again. You're not born again and again and again. Christ died once, amen, for all mankind for all time. When we believe on Christ truly and fully, no matter what happens after that, our place is secure. We have security in knowing that we are going to heaven. And we can know that we're saved by that Holy Spirit living within us. As we go and we're convicted in the church service, or maybe convicted listening to a message, or you hear singing and you know, you, you, you're convicted, or maybe you sin and the Holy Spirit convicts you. That's the Holy Spirit living within you. And we know that that Holy Spirit will keep us until the day of redemption, until we're in heaven. We know that God is shaping us to be more like we will be in heaven because we're not going to have sin in heaven. And the Bible clearly instructs the Christian, the believer, which as I understand, all of Paul's epistles, all of Paul's letters are written to the believer. And if you read about what Paul is writing about, he's saying, depart from sin, depart from the unholy thing, get rid of all that, live for God, live as a holy sacrifice, study to show yourself approved. All of these things for the believer is making us more like we'll be in heaven. So we might as well get started now as to how we're going to be in heaven. We should be heavenly minded in that sense. And there's no pain or suffering in heaven. And so our Christian walk will inevitably have pain and suffering. And we need to remind ourselves that this is just for a season. It's so much easier to suffer when it's just for a season. I remember playing high school fo uh, football and we would run like crazy. And all we've been telling ourselves is this is just the preseason. This is the preseason. Cause once you got in the regular season, you didn't have to run as much as you did in the preseason. And then by the end of the season, you were barely running at all. Cause you're already in shape. You're just walking through plays and you realize that, that that exercise, that difficult time, that challenge was just for a season. And we need to think about that in our Christian walk that as we go through hard times, it's just for a season. And finally, remember Christ will always be with you that we don't do anything, but but it's Christ doing it through us. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.